Hey there, welcome to the Snakebird Podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm Steve. Together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of Scripture, the realm of God, and freedom through Christ. So spread out those wings and slither in place because this is Snakebird. Snake Bird. Hey, welcome Snakebirds to another episode of the cast. Today we're focusing on part two of our last episode, which was asking the ever divisive question, should Christians be political? Yes, that was the question, and... Did you just say yes, like, we should? Well, <laughs> and no, I think. You know, it is one of those things, as they usually are, and we thought we'd get it done in one, but here we are for round two. And um, we discussed a lot of things last time, some scriptures that um, the Bible mentions, some political things, mm-hmm. um, some some misunderstandings of those, and then... Now we're kind of landing in the in the waters of those who who feel that they do have the liberty, which is totally fine, to mm-hmm. participate in politics. Some things going forward to consider in that, and also that it's it's actually okay not to as well. Yeah. And uh, there's not there's not a, a yes or no. There's there's a both and kind of. Um, I kind of I guess you know. <laughs> and so and so here we go. And, and it's not us trying to ride the fence, guys, and not offend anybody. It's It really is just one of those topics mm-hmm. because there's so much to consider. Yes. So um, should we just dive in, Josh? I think we should. Okay. For those of us who believe we have the liberty to participate in voting slash politics, there are some important things we should consider before hitting the voting booth. The first thing we should accept is God's will be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, if our conscience is, is pushing us to vote a certain way and that vote lands on the victorious side of the election, then praise God. What we voted for was triumphant and we sleep a little easier at night knowing things look a little more moral than they could have according to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it comes to pass that our vote was not enough to sway in the direction we thought things should go, we should still praise God. Uh, the decision God makes will always be righteous. It could be, you know, the cry of wickedness to God's ear that's finally come to its end, and God's issuing a season of judgment. Um, you never know what's in the works behind the decisions He makes, and it, it might it very well might mean some tough times are coming. Um, but what it does not mean is that Christians should start fighting against the judgment that has been issued by God. Mm. If Because there's a lot of talk about that. If you're wondering why I went there, um, there's a lot of people that, that think that America is going to go through a season of judgment. And perhaps, maybe, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um there's and I've also heard people say, "Well, God doesn't work that way." Well, He has in the past, yeah. so um, it's not a cut and dry thing. There, there is principles that we were founded on early, and I know that even some schools are teaching uh, a variant of what I was taught about how America was founded. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to go there, but um, there can be seasons of judgment, like you said in the last episode. Um, they wouldn't have been under Roman rule had they obeyed God. Yeah. So it's that type of thing. Yeah. And I think um, even when you mentioned that, we need to be careful what we designate as God's judgment because there have been diseases that have come up that uh, Christian leaders have been responsible for saying, this is a result of God's judgment. Yeah. And it hurts people's feelings and it possibly causes rifts where if you don't know, then the best thing to do is stay silent. Yeah. You know, whether it is or whether it's not. The flu is no joke. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't mean to make light no, of that. Okay. But you're true. In well, and I would say that that's very right. You know, just because, and sometimes there is collateral damage mm-hmm. in God's plan. Sometimes, mm-hmm. just because you, even if it was, which I'm totally, I'm not on that side of the fence. No. I don't believe COVID was a, a judgment of God. Mm-hmm. But even if it was, sometimes there's jobs out there, mm-hmm. which I know that was another story too. But there's people that sometimes suffer even when they didn't do wrong. Yes. And, and I just feel like when you step out and you speak for God yes. and saying, this is God doing this, when he clearly hasn't revealed that one way or another, yeah. then you're in danger of hurting people's feelings and possibly causing a rift in their relationship with him. That's a very good point. I couldn't agree with that more. So that slipped past me. So I'm glad you brought that oh, up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I find that interesting that you were talking about that, especially when you talk about uh, maybe a storm and a capital. <laughs> no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, because the Bible doesn't teach civil disobedience uh, in protest of a corrupt system, but it lays out instructions for godly living even in the face of persecution. Uh, we're to obey the government insofar as it does not infringe on our commitment to God. Yes. So <laughs> that's sticky though too because our constitution talks about the yeah. right of the people to take back by, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's stickiness there because there of the American system. There is. Um not it doesn't say just protest. There's a taking by force there, sometimes. Yeah. And that's what what it's there for. So it, it's one of those it's kind of a multifaceted mm-hmm. thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to sound like contradictory possibly to what you're saying, because I don't want to. Um, I just found this is that one of Satan's grandest deceptions is that we can rest our hope for cultural morality and godly living in politicians and governmental officials. A nation's hope for change is not to be found in any country's ruling class. The church has made a mistake if it thinks that the job of politicians is to defend and advance and to guard biblical truths and Christian values. Values. The church's unique God-given purpose does not lie in political activism. Nowhere in scripture do we have the directive to spend our energy, our time, or our money in governmental affairs. Our mission lies not in changing the nation through political reform, but in changing hearts through the word of God. When believers think that the growth and influence of Christ can somehow be al- aligned with governmental policy, they corrupt the mission of the church. Our Christian mandate is to spread the gospel of Christ and to preach against the sins of our time. Only as the hearts of the individuals in a culture are changed by Christ will the culture begin to reflect that change. Yeah, that's a lot to chew on. It is. And I think I agree. There's one weird wording spot that I touch on in a minute. Okay. But uh, I think I agreed with everything you just said. Yeah. (laughs) Again, it's the level of activism that we talk about. What What is somebody's comfort level? Because I feel like there are Christians who are called to be politicians, mm-hmm. which is a dangerous game because, you know, when you talk about politicians, what's one of the words that we think of is like used car salesmen or they talk out of both sides of their mouths. Total scumbag. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pull any punches. <laughs> but for real, you know, I mean, because oftentimes you're like, well, are you holding up to your 
um, your beliefs? Yeah. Are you voting that way that you believe? You know, and, and and you know that's one of the reasons this is such a such a complex topic because I mean you're right we're not supposed to be like the Book of Maccabees where we rise up and go mm-hmm. take over like they did in Rome and stuff like that. At the same time, I I don't hold certain patriots to the mm-hmm. to the levels of scripture when they're not even a Christian. No, I agree because that's a fighting that's a different fight. Yes, type of thing. So it's. It, you're absolutely right for a Christian. It's not our place to do any of that. Mm-hmm. But there's also there's the separation of church and state type yeah. of deal going yeah. on. So that's it's a that's a lot to consider. And for a Christian, we're held to a higher standard. Yes, we we don't have the luxury. I, I was told one time um, when I stepped into a leadership position at a church for a season, the pastor told me he says you're not allowed to act like a sheep anymore, mm. and that's always stuck with me. Um, I, that might sound weird to certain years, but I got what he was saying he was like you're you're held to a higher standard when you choose this path Mm -hmm. when god calls you to this path you're not allowed to act like you know in in my mind the way i heard it you don't act like an idiot anymore (laughs) kind of of thing yeah you You get what i'm saying no i do um because like what you were saying is that within our american constitution there is that right as a patriot to enact some of those freedoms. Yeah. But then as a Christian, you have to weigh that in the balance of, hey, am I buying into a system that's not even ours in a sense? Yeah. That's, because, and that's a good point. Uh, I was going to bring this up because Pilate is talking to Jesus in the Praetorium and Jesus has now been brought to him. We've, we did the whole, um, you know, the, the different religious trials and the different political trials, but Jesus has now been brought to Pilate by the Pharisees saying, we would like to try him and uh, execute him in capital punishment for claiming that he's a king. And Pilate's sitting there going, are you a king? And Jesus is like, yes, but no, (laughs) I am a king, but not of this kingdom. I am a king of the kingdom that's yet to come, the kingdom of heaven. And um, it's interesting that even when we talk about Isaiah, you were mentioning Isaiah in the last uh, part, I was all geeking out because I was remembering uh, chapter nine, where it says, uh, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulder and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Mm. And so... I love that. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like there is um, an earthly government that exists right now that will at some point pass away. Um, But then there's going to be this ushering in of the kingdom of heaven, which is Christ as our president, our El Presidente. (laughs) And you know what that just made me think of is right now we have this struggle, like this Roman 7 struggle almost, Mm -hmm. of separation of church and state, this oil and water that should be there. But when Jesus comes and the government's resting on his shoulders, that's when the lion lays lays down with the lamb. Mm -hmm. That's when everything comes into that perfect Garden of Eden harmony, where things go back to the way they're supposed to be. Reestablishing what was intended. Yeah, and then we'll have peace because it can be a merging of church and government. Yeah. Yes. Well, and even somebody mentioned like um, uh, Daniel chapter two, where he, King Nebuchadnezzar was like, I saw in a dream, I had this, you know, dream where it was a statue of gold and the feet of clay and all the, Mm -hmm. all those things. And then it's like, and then a rock that hadn't been cut with hands came and just wiped it all out. Yeah. And that's what we're waiting for is that rock. But until then we're kind of in this, this 
window of just going dead blasted time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, fortunately of just sin and having yeah. to parse through all that. Mm-hmm. So I I appreciate both viewpoints, and that's what yeah. this discussion is so healthy for. Because I feel and I hope that if you're listening, you're kind of going. Well, I know where I'm landing because of what you guys are saying. Or I, I hope that we're helping you kind of navigate. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, great, great points, Josh. And so the the last thing I had mentioned is um, for those who are taking liberties to participate is understand that God's will be done, mm-hmm. win or lose in an election, whatever. Uh, the second thing I would bring up is the criteria for, for how we vote. Uh, this has always been a very cut and dry concept for me. I was raised in a very um, political home. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back on it, I, I'd say probably a little too much, but um, it, it really taught me a lot of healthy things. Now that I'm older, looking back, because I've, I've noticed the boundaries for what is acceptable in the eyes of many Christians has been stretched mm. uh, and stretched to some very concerning ends. And to start this this route, I'm I'm going to take here off. Um, I'm I'm going to bring up a term that I've heard a lot lately from several Christians. Uh, some of them I know personally, but I've also heard this term on social media and TV. And the term is the journey. Oh wow! Have you heard this at all, Josh? I don't think I have. Okay. Um, after I listened to multiple videos and blogs about the journey, I discovered that it's a term related to social justice. Mm-hmm. And um, at face value, that sounds great. I'm all for justice because the opposite of justice is injustice and who wants injustice. But as I started to chew on what was being said by some of these Christians who were describing this journey, I realized that it's an, it's an ideology that's being merged with Christianity. Okay. Specifically, the gospel's being made synonymous with social justice. Wow. And it's a very dangerous thing to do, especially in a day and age where justice has been redefined into a realm of moral relativism, which mm. is basically just design whatever I see fit mm-hmm. type of deal. Yeah. And um, I wanted to bring up real quick a, a certain Dr. Uh, Scott McKnight, who's a professor at Northern Seminary. He's written a book called Kingdom Conspiracy. And the book points out some very good points regarding this this false and disguised gospel. And here's a quote from his book. When I was at dinner with a group of pastors, one said this, I talked with a young man in our church who had been on seven mission trips. Each mission trip, the pastor said with emphasis, had nothing to do with telling people about Jesus or establishing a church or teaching the Bible, but with service projects like building medical facilities. I asked the pastor, did the young man use the word kingdom for what he was doing? The pastor responded over and over. His last words haunted me that evening. These young adults, God bless them, think kingdom has nothing to do with church. This concept that that Dr. McKnight brings up is one that that now surrounds this term journey as well. And it's this age-old idea of utopia, which is basically a man-made heaven that people have been trying to get without God for a very long time. And what I've noticed is that there are competing ideologies and movements that are kind of in these realms that politicians have started to claim as their base and promote their campaigns. Mm. And it's a big issue, big issue these days. Um, Have you heard of any of that, Josh? Uh, bits and pieces, yeah. Okay. 
Well, you know, this term, the journey, it's it's not the only example I've seen. There's, there, Like you've mentioned earlier, there's also a very dangerous movement on the other side of the pendulum that pushes a very dogmatic version of nationalism that's equally as damaging. And they can go all the way as far as, as uh, stripping justice from people. Wow. And I, I get that it's a delicate topic mm-hmm. because we want justice and we see that there is injustice. But we also need to know where true justice comes from, and yeah. and I'm going to get into some yeah. of this. And those are um, scary. Yeah, it's it really is deep and multifaceted. So, yeah. uh, real quick, I want to bring up a recent example of what we're talking about here from a prominent leader in the church today, by the name of John Piper, <laughs> and <laughs> John Piper, a man that I deeply respect, and I have grown so much from the way he teaches Scripture. Never, I don't agree with everything I've ever heard from the guy, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know anyone I ever have. So, but I, I greatly respect this man. But yeah. back in October, he made some comments regarding politics and voting that they had me perplexed for for two reasons. Uh, number one, I've heard him preach, and we mentioned this earlier, uh, sermons on why he doesn't participate in voting. So I was curious why he was giving advice on something he doesn't participate in, but I kind of get it too. And number two, the comments he made were a really tough pill for me to swallow because as I dove into this, I, I've formed my what I believe the Bible says, and, and I know he does too, but John Piper said... Um, that he was baffled that Christians across the country would vote for someone based on their policies rather than their character. Mm. And to further quote him, he said, I think it's a drastic mistake to think that the deadly influences of a leader come through his policies and not also through his person. Mm. He went on to say things a little more sternly after that. I'm not going to quote it. He said a lot. But... um, it's become evident that Piper was speaking of, of Donald Trump mm-hmm. by the things that he was saying. And I I will say before I continue, I, I get I get that that Trump doesn't sit well with people. I, I've never thought he represented a Christian I can't say at all, mm-hmm. um, as far as his character goes. And so I get where he's coming from. But Piper is basically suggesting that it's more important to have moral politicians than moral laws. Mm. I disagree very strongly with this. Because for one, we have many examples throughout the Bible where evil leaders were guided, whether knowingly or not, to fulfill God's will. Not to mention the fact that the pickings are slim if we're going to only choose godly politicians because that's not a realistic scenario. We don't have that to choose from. And I'll say, you know, Todd Friel states this point I'm trying to make better than I ever could, and he's usually very accepting of Piper's views, but on this issue, he came out on Wretched Radio in response to Piper's comments. So I'm going to read his response here. Biblically, Dr. Piper is correct. There is an influence when leaders are corrupt, and there is influences in culture when leaders are godly. But here is where the line becomes crystal clear for me. We are talking about issues that can and cannot be legislated. So if somebody who is crude and boorish is in power and infects society and makes them crude and boorish, laws can't fix that. Those are heart issues. But issues of taking the life of an innocent whole human being or of feeding steroids and doing surgery procedures on an eight-year-old's because they think they're the wrong gender, those things can be legislated. And so to me, in the political realm, one clearly weighs heavier than the other. 
Somebody does not have to become boorish. Somebody does not have to become overbearing. We are talking about sinful things, bad attitudes, the way we speak to one another in ways that are certainly not loving. It is bad to talk about liberals in angry and sinful ways. It is worse to murder someone who's a liberal. Mm. It's bad that somebody is perhaps coarse or immoral. It's worse to go about the business of funding and helping people commit crimes of intentionally taking innocent human lives. Mm. There's a vast difference, and I'm bewildered myself. Yeah, wow. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah. Because I know John Piper's heart. I know what caused him to say that. (laughs) Because I've seen the things that caused him to say that. Yeah. It's interesting because I've seen this uh, in individuals over the last, um, I don't know, whatever, half a year, year, a few months, whatever the time frame may be, where people just started to give up on that viewpoint because of his character. And yes. and I can totally understand where Piper's coming from of going, yeah. I've had enough yeah. of watching whatever's going on. Going, But when you look at it from what uh, Todd Friel said, that I fully agree with that. Mm. And you vote based on the principles and not necessarily on the person's character. And you can't yeah. change that. Only God can change that. And even then, you don't have to emulate that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, if we make the choice as believers to to participate in politics, um, I would just say make sure you choose wisely. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't be the Nazi in the Last Crusade who did not choose wisely. (laughs) (laughs) Because all joking aside, um, if if these issues are too heavy for you to make a decision with a clear conscience – that's completely okay for you not to be involved. Yeah. If, if you can't, if you can't say, I've got a clear conscience because I know the end is better to vote this way than that, and your conscience isn't clear, don't vote. Yeah, I actually deeply respect you if if you go that route because your conscience isn't clear. Yeah, uh, but if you do insist on participating, make sure the policies you're representing are in line with the God you believe in. Well, and that's where I come from. Is I really respect pastors who don't talk about politics necessarily from the pulpit, mm-hmm. that they don't endorse a, a vote either way, yeah. but they teach on the principles of what is being uh, voted on. Yeah. You know, when you have an a, a issue like abortion or you have an issue like um, some of the transgender things that we've been experiencing, when you take a biblical stance, you're going to have the opportunity to vote a certain way. And endorsing a, a character, endorsing a person almost puts it like you're putting your faith in that individual versus your faith in the system. It can lead and, to that. Yes. Yeah. And, and faith in the system isn't necessarily the right way to say it, um, where you're saying I'm being active in the ability that I have in the country that I live in, yeah. you know, because we don't place any faith in the system. We place our faith in God. Well, and even if in the heart a pastor does endorse one way or the other, um, there's people that can mistake that to say, uh, whatever this person, this crude they, and boorish person, that's okay to act They receive that way. them carte blanche. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I agree with that, too. Yeah, I just... I struggle when Christians are promoting a certain individual versus uh, the stance that they have. I, I just think there is some some danger in that. And, yeah. you know, 
it can become a bit of idolatry. It can it can go in a certain direction if you're not careful. It very well can, yeah. Just the same as they didn't need to, to tote Cyrus as a godly man when he wasn't back in the yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You tout the one using him. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm not coming out and saying, you know, obviously we all have our own views on this stuff. We're just bringing these things with the the most balance that we can. Yes. We really are trying to pull from God's word and say, hey, things aren't always black and white. We live in a complex um, atmosphere, especially with this topic. Yeah. So anyway, um, before voting on a superficial issue, make sure it's not based on a deadly foundation because that's how Satan packages his deals. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the last thing I'll say about uh, what to consider um, if you're a Christian who who takes the liberty to vote, yeah. which I am one of, and I I've got to think through these things. Yeah, well, it almost feels like if we're not careful, it becomes a popularity contest, like high school. Yeah, you know, that's and you true. start voting for the most popular versus the actually underlying issues. Well, it's funny they used to say, uh, what they say, Washington was Hollywood for ugly people. And, you know, now it's become pretty popular. Yeah. I was thinking of like, who made promises for burritos at lunch versus broccoli? Come on, you know, that's great. I want to vote on the important issues. Hey, Napoleon, you gonna eat those tots? Yeah, vote for summer. <laughs> there you go. Give me some of your tots, man. Yeah, don't vote for the person who. Claims they'll make your wildest dreams come true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I I don't have a, a ton more to say, Josh. Uh, I did have a couple of thoughts. Um, one instance, I, I remember asking myself as I was going through this, where's a spot in the Bible where someone did become political? And I couldn't think of many, but I thought of one. Mm-hmm. I think John the Baptist got a little political. Okay, when he called out Herodias. For the, was, it her, was that her name? Yeah. We did an episode. I should know her name. <laughs> but when he called them out publicly for the immorality, mm-hmm. I thought that was on the verge of being political a little bit. But I, I don't know. Is there any spots in the Bible? Because uh, obviously we, we have already gone over this. This isn't addressed specifically. But I got to thinking about that. And I couldn't think of a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, Daniel became the third highest in the nation. Yeah, that's true. Not not necessarily by choice though, did no, he? No, no, he didn't. He didn't yeah. rise to power like that. On, on it's kind of a Joseph scenario. Yeah, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. <laughs> yeah, but none of them to a degree where it's like the voting and. Yeah, I was trying to confirm something I wanted to be oh. true. <laughs> I'm playing, but sometimes we do, don't we? Yes. Um, and there's, is there anything you want to say, Josh? There's only one other thing that um, I noticed recently that, that struck my attention. I have a few takeaways, but go ahead first, and then we'll just kind of bounce those off. Okay. So this isn't necessarily um, coherent with, with any systematic thing we've just unraveled, but something that, that has happened recently that kind of flips the script on this, which we've been talking about a Christian from the spiritual side diving into the political side, Mm -hmm. the church side diving into the state side. Well, this is kind of the reverse of that. And you'll remember when the government was was doing shutdowns for COVID, Mm -hmm. um, John MacArthur's church, if you'll remember, was in the news. And 
it's no secret that I've had many disagreements with John MacArthur. Um, a lot of people frowned also on his stance of reopening his church after complying for a really long time with the government shutdown rules. But I personally, I really applauded his bravery in stating, we will not give to Caesar what is God's. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody agrees with that, but we, we have we have a little window, I think, Christians, of what's to come because things there's a reason it's called the narrow way and i I get there's a balance to be had but i also believe that there's a time to have some backbone like times that landed paul the apostle in prison and there's things that are coming to where um i think we should consider that things might get tough and there's a stance that, that needs to be taken we're talking about voting today but this that landed kind of in this political waters mm-hmm. where he made that stance. And I that's just uh, something that I, I thought I'd mention here at the end, that things are going to get more political, not less, yeah. with the Christian. Yeah. And there's going to be decisions to be made. And we all, we all have to make those decisions as we walk in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But um, some of these decisions might not be Jesus meek and mild. They might be things are going to get really ugly if I, if I make the stance. Yeah. And so that's, that's one thing I, I just throw in, in the uh, tail end of this. Yeah. <laughs> that one was one of the most difficult ones because talking about, is it government oversight and overreaching mm-hmm. or is it safety for humans, you know, <laughs> and not getting too close to one another? Well, I, I get the way it was packaged, mm-hmm. but I believe it was the first, yeah. personally. Yeah, and, and that's me. And <laughs> that's that's. I understand not everybody yeah. lands on that. Yeah. But, but th- there was also similar things being said while people sat in catacombs. No, I, so that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> A stepping stone. Yes, and and I mean, I pray that when the day comes to where it's not saying you can't meet because of. You know, or you shouldn't meet because of you know health restrictions. Mm-hmm. I'm praying that the day when they say you can't meet because we don't want you to spew hate crimes anymore. Yeah, I pray exactly. that that's when the church rises up and says, or or yeah. not even rises up, maybe goes underground and says, no matter what, we're going to serve God. And the reason I, I did bring that up is because if we wait until then. I doubt you're going to change your mind. Mm-hmm. So I think if we prepare ourselves for this with the stepping stones, yeah. Because if you ignore the stepping stones and it comes to the day that happens, it's already too late for most Christians. Yeah, I think. and and we do have to make up our minds. And I mean, it comes back to the mask or no mask. It comes up to a yeah, lot. Yeah, and things. that's not even what I was. Yeah, no, I understand. Bringing up, yeah, it's, it, it was something that, that um, really spoke to me prophetically. Yeah. So, okay, for me, I just have a couple takeaways, especially when you ask, should Christians be political? Well, the answer is yes and no, because <laughs> <I mean, laughs> it's about um, what God has called you to do. And again, we talked about how some people who are Christians are called to be politicians and praise the Lord for them. Mm. Thank you, God, that you raise up men and women who say, I am going to go into this office and carry a standard of morality. Not that that's going <laughs> to necessarily change the culture, but they are standing for us and they're yeah. standing for God. But um, to me, some of the takeaways that I had as we approach that for ourselves is number one, walk in the spirit. No matter what we do, that's just our daily credo. That should just be like getting up, putting on the armor of God and walking in the spirit. Yeah. Um, and then um, we want to live like Jesus would live. And if it's 
saying that, hey, you see a, 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 a part of society that's oppressed and biblically they should be being the ones that are helped, then help them. Mm. You know, we've been going through Proverbs and talking about the poor and it's saying, you know, reach out and be there for the poor. And, and what that means to us has to be at the forefront of our minds because that mattered to God. Yeah. You know, and I, I appreciate that you brought this up. You know, our church and our pastor has a saying that we'll never make eye contact with somebody who doesn't deeply matter to God. Mm. And so we have to decide how can we invest in that? How can we change that? And then the, the last thing I found was three responsibilities that Christians have politically. Um, number one is to pray. Pray for those that are in office, whether you agree with them or not. You know, there's so many posts on, on the social medias where it's like that, that governor, he's an idiot, you know, get that, get that mayor out of the office. It's like, well, when was the last time you prayed for them to pray, to ask God to like either change their hearts or to soften their view on something or to, to direct them through the Holy spirit. Um, so pray. And then another thing is to pay taxes (laughs) because that is a biblical edict. And so if you're out there and you're like, Hey, hey, you know, I've been getting away with this. You know what? Not too bad it gets that stimulus. Right. <laughs> I'm going to turn and give it right back. <laughs> Pay taxes. And then the, the last thing, and this is biblical, is to obey, to submit, as long as it's not interfering with kingdom business. Yeah. And I know that sounds crazy, but that's what the Bible gives us as instructions. Pray, pay taxes, ooh, no, <laughs> and obey. Yeah, that's true. And it's it's a tough til- pill to swallow. It's a, it's a concept that has to be balanced mm-hmm. because uh, as we went through in these two episodes, there, there's times to stand, there's times to submit. You got to be walking in the Spirit to do any of that. Yeah, for real, because otherwise it's just a challenge. It's a real chore. Can I can I say something that you reminded me of? Please. That there was a sermon that Skip Heitzig gave once, and he gave the example of a guy that was supposed to pay taxes, and he sent them a picture of the money he was supposed to pay, like faxed it to him, <laughs> and, and they faxed him back a picture of handcuffs. <laughs> He's a, it was a true story. <laughs> I, I think I heard that one. It was uh, some, uh, yeah, yeah. I got it mostly right anyway. Yeah, it was no, funny. That that is funny. <laughs> pay your taxes. He's like, here's the picture of what I should have paid you, and they're like, here's what will happen if you don't send yeah. that in. Yeah, there's like no text. It was just all pictures back and forth. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, no, I agree with your points, and they were uh, well delivered, Josh. Oh. So, uh, and I'm going to ride on those coattails because I was done. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're really glad that you guys stuck with us through these two episodes. We all know this is a, it's a tough topic. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, everyone has people in their, fa- even in their own families that they, they don't agree with. Yeah. And there's such divisions and I know we're not naive enough to think that this is going to be, you know, kumbaya and everything, but uh, let's be snake birds about yeah. this. Let's, let's balance this in the spirit. And don't cause one another to stumble through your liberties yeah. or through what God has said, hey, why don't you abstain from, you know? Yeah. And, and you know what? Make allowances for each other's faults. If you really mm-hmm. believe that firmly that you're in the right, make some allowances. Yeah. 
So it's, um, I think it's in Jude. It's in the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Well, live peaceably with all men. Yeah, it's it's all in there. And uh, guys, we just, we love y'all and we love this community. And we hope that you reach out to us. Hey, there's something we left out. There's something we we need to touch on. Reach out to us. Send us an email at beasnakebird.com. Uh, or is it connect? Connect at, at yeah. beasnakebird.com. That's yeah. why you usually say it. Or get on the the social medias, you know. Yeah, Facebook. Send us, yeah, send us a Facebook message. We would deeply appreciate a review or a share um, if you guys find it in your heart. And, hey, get out there. And, and if there are people you know that this is a big stumbling block for them, uh, be that bridge yeah. that, that opens a little balance, a little snake, a little bird. And... And make a difference out there. Yeah, and maybe if you have somebody that you're having trouble discussing this with, give them these podcasts as a resource. Point them to these episodes and say, hey, you know, maybe you can make heads or tails of this and then render that coin under Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) No, um, I mean, hopefully this is going to open some discussion and and open the the highway in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Y'all feel, even if y'all want to, you know, contact us and say, I don't agree with Steve or Josh or whatever, get, get in contact with us. Let's, Let's build this community. With Steve and or Josh. Yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah. And and thank you um, if you are sharing us or uh, reviewing us, because what that does is it just um, helps put the podcast out there, and, and um, it, we really appreciate it. We really do. About yeah. the gospel, it always has been. So Yeah. Amen. So, snake birds, always remember whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to follow the words of Jesus. And be a snake bird. bird.